Welcome to Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people at Summit Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We gather each week in the heart of St. Paul on historic Summit Avenue, where our mission is to create rhythm, opportunity, and location where people like you can have life-changing experiences with God. Our podcast is one of those locations. As followers of Christ, we are doing our best to be on mission, disciple others, deliver hope, and champion this city. At any point in your journey with us today, if you want to take a next step or you just want to stay in the loop with everything going on at Summit, just grab your phone and simply text the phrase, be known, all one word, be known to the number 651-360-2908. We will send you a short form that makes it super easy for you to complete. There's always new opportunities to mention and new ways that you can get involved. One of the rhythms that is important to following Jesus and important to us at Summit is studying scripture. As we study the Bible, we can have one, hope, two, find guidance, three, be corrected, and four, receive truth into our lives. Listen in and lean in with us wherever you are, open up God's word, and hear this week's message. Hey, we're going to have a blast today. It's Vision Sunday. Every time we do an annual business meeting, we always want to just have a, a different service. So if you're a guest, get ready to hear what God's been doing at Summit. It's been amazing. Uh, if you are new to Summit or this is your first time with us, just make sure you know we have a podcast uh, available to you where the messages that we've been going through, uh, like the last series here, especially on the book of Daniel. We went through for the entire summer uh, the book of Daniel. And chapter by chapter, we went through that amazing book. And I learned a lot, and I know you did as well, and on everything going on in our world. Having that this summer, I don't know about you, but it gave me a good handle on what we are in now. And so that's available on our podcast, uh, Summit Church, Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people of Summit Church. It's also available on our website. Catch up with that series, because there's a lot going on. Last week, we talked a little bit about honor. Uh, next week, just by way of commercial and warning, I've been your pastor for about a year and a half, year and what, almost two years, January, I guess, already. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, but I've never talked about money in the context of a message on money. So I want you to know if you have like a lot of baggage about the church and money, uh, and maybe in the past of your life, you know, you've looked back and you see where funds were misused at a church or you've been scrolling through the channels and you've heard somebody say for Matthew 6.33, if you send them $6.33, they're going to send you this little prayer cloth anointed with the tears of angels and, and they're going to send you these lucky charms and you're going to be blessed. I mean, I don't know what your history is, but if you have ever dealt with the church and money and you've got a negative perspective, you need to come next week. If you have a positive perspective, you need to come next week because uh, we're going to journey through a topic that is in the New Testament that Jesus definitely talks about. Uh, the best way I can explain it to you is everything that God has given you is not yours, it's his. And it's like if you, um, if you asked me for my car keys and I gave you the car keys, I would eventually want those car keys back. And like literally sowing into the kingdom of God is just returning the car keys. And so we're going to talk through that. I just want to give you fair warning on that. If you don't want to be here and hear about money, um, then, you know, go ahead and just skip. But you're going to miss an amazing opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do the heart work through the word in your life. And so I don't want you to miss it because I grew up as a pastor's kid and I've seen a lot. And I understand um, maybe where you're coming from better than you think. Um, I also work here for no salary currently as your pastor. And so if you want to talk about cash, um, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to do that with you. Let's talk about mountains. There's a couple mountains in the Bible. There's a bunch of them. We're going to talk a few of them through just by way of introduction to where we're going. Let's talk about Mount Ararat, Genesis 8-4. You can go to the Bible if you'd like. If not, I'll read it for you. Genesis 8-4, the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on Mount, say it with me, one, two, three, Ararat. Uh, there's another mountain, Mount Moriah. Uh, you don't have to turn there because you're still turning to Genesis 8, 4. But 
Mount Moriah, Genesis 22, 2. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on that mountain. So first mountain, the ark rests on Mount Ararat. The second mountain, God is telling uh, Abraham to take Isaac to Mount Moriah. Let's talk about another mountain, Mount Sinai. What happened on Mount Sinai? Exodus 20, 10 Commandments. I'm going to read the Ten Commandments just because I think it's good for us to review them. We did a, I don't remember, if you remember that message, I talked through the Ten Commandments when we talked through the Lord's Prayer, uh, but a lot of them are horizontal and some of them are vertical, and it's interesting how they're ordered, but God says you're going to have no other gods before me. That really speaks to our world view. You're not going to make yourself an image or an idol. That really speaks to what we're worshiping. You're not going to misuse the name of the Lord your God. You're not going to use the Lord's name in vain. You maybe have heard that. How many of you have ever had someone tell you to do that after, you know, don't do that rather, after you swore? Like, you, no one, none of you have ever sworn. Okay. Wow. Because I, I, most of you are Vikings fans. There's no way that you don't swear. Now, there's a set of vocabulary that we use in public spaces, and there's a set of vernacular that's slang that are explicitives. That's why most of the 90s rap music that I love has this parental, ex, you know, like, you know, advisory stamp on it, like every Beastie Boys album I ever owned did. Uh, but the reality is those explicitives are uh, ways that people use uh, to express themselves, arguably not always intellectually, I think we can choose a better grouping of words to express our feelings. Some of you might argue, like I have a friend, I'm not going to mention him, his name is Bryn, and he actually thinks a well-placed swear is appropriate uh, a few times a week, actually. No, I'm kidding. Bryn's right here. He's sitting right there. He's totally busted. Um, funniest, I, funniest moment I've ever had in a restaurant is when he quoted a movie out loud, and I almost spit uh, my uh, club soda out all over the place at Salute. It was a riot. Okay, point is, is this. We've used that context of that verse to talk about swearing. Uh, that's really, really, you know, I just, I don't want to go into it, but that's really not what it's talking about here. It's saying, uh, if you take on the name of God, then act like you follow God. If you take on the name of Christ and you say, I'm a Christian, then you better act like a Christian. Like when you take the Lord's name in vain, you took on this identity new in Christ and you live as if you were never new in Christ. That's really the, the piece here. It's about hypocrisy and authenticity. Uh, let's go to the next. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. God can do more with your six days than you can do with the seven. That talks a lot about our rest. Don't everybody look at me right now about resting, because most of you say, Pat, so you got to take a day out. I know, it's in the Bible, relax. Honor your father and mother. This talks about legacy. You shall not murder. What do we do in our anger? You shall not commit adultery. How do we keep pure? You shall not steal. You should not steal. That's, that's how, how we work. How we help others in desperation. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. That talks about integrity. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, even though they live on summit. That's about contentment, right? So we could go through the things that God downloaded to us, but they still apply, and there's still the prescription for the best way that we are to live. The reality is, if the Middle East that is in this war, if World War II that was in that war, if the conflicts that we have a country have had internally and externally, if the nations of the world would just take a good look at the Ten Commandments, or at least the two that Jesus summarized, the kingdom of God would be here and there would be no war. That's what actually makes Jesus so compelling to follow. Because I don't know about you, but I've had this tension this week that what do we do? Watch your inbox because I've got a top five, uh, the top five things that I think you need to have 
in perspective through the word of God when it comes to this war that's happening. It's going to be delivered to you. And I've caught myself in a conflict of like, I know Israel is going to go and, and, and retaliate. But then I read the teachings of Jesus and I'm like, love your neighbor as yourself. Bless those that curse you. And I know Hamas doesn't love their neighbor as themselves. They use their neighbor as human shields. I, I'm caught in the conflict of all this. The internal struggle that all of we feel. I don't know about you, but like I just look at that and I go, you know what, if the, if the world followed Christ, there would be peace in this world. There's another uh, mountain in 1 Kings 18. You uh, need to mark this one in your Bible because it's one of my favorites. It's Mount Caramel. Not Carmel. Every time I read this story, it just is so delicious. Mount Carmel. First um, Kings 18.20, Ahab sent word through all Israel, assembled the prophets on Mount Caramel. And for um, once in human history, uh, can we stop talking about pumpkin spice? I'm just going to vent here for a second. Just round robin here. Um, how many random things have you seen that have turned into pumpkin spice? I've seen pumpkin spice um, sunflower seeds, pumpkin spice gum, pumpkin spice milk, pumpkin spice ice cream, pumpkin spice what? Ba- pumpkin spice bagels? They're delicious. Bet. No, they're not. Pumpkin spice, Swan, you did not see pumpkin spice potato chips. Okay, good. Ever have ketchup potato chips? Those are slamming. All right, moving on. Sick of the pumpkin spice. Some of you love that pumpkin spice. Some of you just waiting for pumpkin spice. It just tastes like chapstick. There's a sermon on a mount, uh, Matthew 5, 1. Jesus saw the crowds. He went up to the mountainside, sat down, and he gives the most amazing, compelling teaching, I believe, found in the Bible. Great things happen on mountains in the Bible. Uh, and I want you to know that very literally, the great things are happening here at the summit. Great things happen on the mountain in the Bible, and I want you to really grab today that great things are happening here at Summit. There's a quote from Kenton Cool. He was a mountaineer who had literally met the summit of Everest multiple times. On his 10th summit attempt, he's interviewed, and the question from the interviewer said, could you just tell us what the actual summit is really like? For all of us who have never been there, what is the summit of the top of Mount Everest? Like, and, and Kenton Cool says this, physically, it's just kind of quite small. The very, very top is covered with prayer flags left by the climbers and mostly the Sherpas. But mentally, uh, that's a hard one. For me, summit just means so much more. And I'm challenged just to release this to you today as we look through a few of the things that God's doing. Uh, Summit, uh, this church family, this gathering of people here, it really makes life in the valley possible. I want you to grab a hold of that. It's great to come here. It's great to gather here. It's great to be here. But it makes life in the valley, like where it gets tough, Monday through Saturday, all the things you're facing, all the things that we will encounter in our world, it actually makes it, actually makes it possible. I'm convinced you, you have to live with three things, truth, mission, and people. If you don't have those things like air, water, and food, you, you die spiritually. And I love that about this church, the diversity of this church. Look around real quick. Just I want you to look around that of all the class, of all the color, of all the people here, just actually physically look around. Stop looking at me. Look around to each other. Look around to each other. Move your head left and right. You can do it. What the heck are we all doing here? What are we all doing here together? Like, let's talk about that for a second because the reality is, I I believe, 
that this is such a beautiful tapestry. We're not colorblind, we're color rich. We're the body of Christ, every tribe, every nation, every tongue coming together. And we make it possible for each other. See, following Jesus will make things possible. They won't make things easy. And following Jesus with others makes things a lot easier in that possible. And if you're in that space today, I, I just want to bring you through a little bit about what we do around here as an update, as a review, and maybe as a literal introduction. Uh, we've got a logo, and it's pretty simple. Our logo is a mountain, and uh, it just has three rings, and it's got really one ring, and it's one ring to rule them all. Any lore fans out there? Let me hear you. Okay, some of you actually read. That's good. Um, but it really is city, hope, and disciple. If you're ever wondering when you see our mountain um, and you see that logo, like, I want you to know that Jesus isn't coming back for a brand. Um, I don't necessarily uh, want to market the ministry. I want to make it happen. But when you see that logo in the lobby or on something else, I want you just to be reminded that there's a Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that we gather around the base of this mountain. We are ascending together on an expedition to the summit. And what we do is disciple people, we deliver hope, and we champion the city. Every time you see that mark, you can think three words, disciple, hope, city. That's about the king's business. That's what we do around here. And we've got a mission, and we've got a vision, and we've got values. And so I want to give you our vision first. This is our vision of our church. This is the vision that I believe God has for us in this time and now. Our vision is really big. It may be something that we will never acquire or see in our life. I want you to think about this. Stop reading for a second. All of you are reading like good students. You're programmed because of all those classes. Just stop for a second. You remember when God said to Abraham, look at the stars? He goes, look at the heavens, and it's just littered with stars. And you know what he said? Your, your descendants are going to be like that. He gave him a vision of what was to come. Do you think Abraham ever saw that? Completion of that vision. It outlived him. And see, this is the vision that Summit Church, we the body, has together. We will contribute to this, but we may never accomplish this. What a beautiful work that you can sow into that doesn't include just you or your generation. Our vision is so big. We work to see all the people of St. Paul and beyond. And I want you to underscore that word all. Because when I mean all, I mean all. Living as disciples of Christ, fully known, full of hope, actively loving one another, living a spirit led life. That's our vision. That's a big goal, right? It's a big thing. Now let's talk about our mission, how we do it. So you've got this big thing that we, that we want to see as a body, and now how we do it is our mission. We do this by providing rhythm, location, and opportunity where all people have life-changing experience with God. Why do we do all pray? Why do we do Alpha on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock where you can come if you're new to your faith or you're new to the church and have a, a meal with people, watch a movie with people, and then ask questions that there really is no off limits. Why do we do that? Because we want to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity. Why do we have a Sunday service at 1010? Why, why do we meet at 1010? Because we want to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity. Why do we have a youth group? Why do we have... Uh, Summit sisters, why are we launching men's groups? Why do we go on a retreat all the way to Lutzen with a bunch of guys? Why is there a paradox? Uh, college, why are we doing these things? Because we want to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity. If you miss out, you missed out. My job as your pastor is to help provide the rhythm, location, and opportunity for you to come together to make this place a house of prayer. If you don't show up for all pray, then you miss the rhythm, the location, and the opportunity. And that's not me condemning you or casting shade on you. That's just simply saying, I don't care if there's 10 or 100 or 10,000 people that are part of this church. 
the success is being faithful to what God's asked us to do, not comparing ourselves to what God has done or others are doing. And I'm just simply saying, as your pastor, the, the mission is to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity. To journey within the diversity of community. That's a big sentence. That's a big sentence. There's so much just natural diversity, and I celebrate that. Can I just say that? I celebrate that? Is that okay as a middle-class white guy that had a minivan? that's wearing a hockey jersey? Like, I celebrate that. I'm proud of that. I don't ever want to, like, pander to that. Does that make sense to you? I don't feel like that's something we got to market. We take pictures of each other, like, like, come on, Tracy, you're black, I'm white, let's get a photo and put it on the internet. I mean, because that can really pander to, like, this whole piece of, like, look, we're, we're really diverse. And See, I don't think we need to do that if that's actually not what we're marketing, but it's actually who we are. I think we just got to tell that story. And the reality is I'm proud of that diversity and community that's here, and I don't ever want to pander to that. I just want to honor it. And we want to talk about this uh, because we want to become disciples of Christ, delivering hope to where? St. Paul and beyond. That's our vision. That's our mission. And how we do that or the things that guide us are our values. And if you're wondering what our values are, I'll tell you, there's seven of them. Has anybody seen above the Welcome Center the thing that kind of looks like the seeing eye exam? Raise your hand if you've ever commented to yourself, that looks like a seeing eye exam. Pastor Eric's crazy. Okay, how many of you just say Pastor Eric's crazy? Okay, perfect. Now we're seeing hands. Brandon's counting. I have a few board members with their hands up. Great. Um, but those values that are on the wall out there are there for a reason so we can actually what? Look for it. Because once you see it, you can't unsee it. We got simple values, mission-driven, connected gospel, context, local or global, kingdom imagination, people development, story and rhythm, and the value of the number one. We have sermons. I have preached sermons on every single one of these. You can get those there. Let's go back to these mountains. Mount Ararat, Genesis 18, 370 days later, Noah had to go out after the ark and do what? Restore. Mount Moriah, Abraham, after he got Isaac off the altar in Genesis twenty-two nineteen, 19, had to go back and what? Develop, I believe, a relationship with his son, a people of God. I think that Moses, after he got done in Exodus 32, 7, after the mountaintop moment, he had to go down and lead. Elijah, after the Mount Carmel, he had to get out of that cave after he went into what? Here. Jesus and the disciples, after that beautiful display of the Beatitudes, had to come down from the mountain and what? Do. What am I saying? Those mountaintop moments release us into the momentum, into the valley. And we, we got to remember that when we come here on a Sunday, that this isn't the end game. The church isn't just an hour and a half or two hours on a Sunday morning. Or three if you're on a serve team. The truth is, is it's way more than that. So I'm going to say it one more time before the staff comes and gives us an update. And we will kick it off with Pastor Naomi. Uh, if she is being relieved from the kids, I haven't seen her quite yet, but I'm sure she's on her way. Or if she's not here, um, Pastor Isaac, you could start in her place because you actually married that woman. Let's talk about this. We do what? We disciple people, we deliver hope, and we champion the city. That's why we come out of Summit to go into the valley, and that's what we do. Now, we're going to go through a couple updates from our staff, uh, from our board. I want to acknowledge some people, and then I want to read you a little bit about um, the history of Summit from a letter that I found in our basement that I think you're going to find quite challenging, encouraging, and enlightening. After that, we're going to land the plane, we're going to take a quick break, and then at 12 o'clock sharp, we are going to start our annual business meeting. All members and all attenders are welcome to be. We're going to go through our financials, we're going to just be um, together for just a short time after that, 
and then you can get to the Vikings game and the whole five and one, or one and five, sorry, I got that reversed, can happen. Uh, let's talk quick about our staff. Um, we've got Pastor Isaac here first. Pastor Isaac is um, married to Pastor Naomi. I'll let him do the talking. Why don't you give it up for Pastor Isaac as he comes to share. Yeah, let's clap one more time awkwardly for him. That's great. Good morning, everybody. Wow, so many people here. Um, I'm feeling long-winded today, so I'm just kidding. (laughs) Give time for my wife to get up here, though. Um, So I wanted to go through uh, a few departments um, and just talk about um, some wins, some vision, and ways that you guys can be partnering, praying, um, and supporting us. Um, So I first want to talk about Summit Youth. Um, So we've had a lot of growth um, in so many areas. Number one, I want to talk about our new youth space that we're getting um, in about a month. Super excited about it. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't been upstairs, um, I encourage you to take a peek at some point. Um, so many things are happening that we're going to use that space for, uh, more than just hanging out with kids and hanging out with students, um, but we want to expand. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a bit. Um, but our youth mission statement is we want to develop leaders and we want to develop Christ followers. Um, we want to build a relationship with each other, be involved in our community, and leave a lasting legacy and impact. Um, We have had a lot of student involvement growth, not just new student growth because we've grown um, as a youth group, but involvement in that. It's more than just having a student and counting them as a number, um, but having them get involved in outreach and involved on Wednesday nights and going to things like uh, Minnesota Youth Convention, which happens later this week, um, and camp. Last last year, we took 12 students to NYC, and this year, we're taking uh, 30. So uh, numbers like that is uh, crucial... Thank you for the applause. I appreciate it. This is, uh, this is a testament to the leaders that we've had also come in, which is another massive win. Um, we've had people that are willing to come and invest in students, and they're willing to find me out um, in the foyer and say, hey, what can I do to get involved? And we, went, we had two really faithful leaders, and now we're approaching 11. Um, and that is something that I'm super thankful for because it means that we have people that are willing um, to invest in students, and that's big. Um, I also want to talk about something that we have the students raise money for. Um, the, the, the full year, we raise money for Speed the Light, which goes out to support pastors and missionaries um, throughout the world. And we set a goal for $10,000, um, which is the most that we've ever done in at least the last 10 years at Summit, um, and we're well on track. We're at $7,000. We have a few more outreaches and events um, to do, so we're well on our way. We're going to hit that number, and as soon as we do, um, I get to go bald, uh, which I'm not as excited for, but it'll be right up here on stage um, in, in uh, the beginning of January, so you won't want to miss it. That's news um, to me. That's news to me. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, we covered it. Well, we'll cover it in staff next week. Um, Uh, So, but for my vision, um, I want to continue to see student and parent involvement, not just, hey, I'm going to drop my kid off, but a parent that wants to come alongside and partner with us, and we partner with them. How can we help you? Um, What can you do to get your student more involved Um, is just my prayer, because I believe when students are involved in church, it's going to impact every area of their life, and they're going to be a shining light in their school district, um, wherever they work. And they're going to be the salt of the earth in those areas. Um, and that begins, that begins at church um, and in the home. And we want to partner with you. Uh, I want to see expansion of our small groups. Right now we meet in our small groups on a Wednesday night um, after our sermon. But I want to see that expand outside of the church into leaders' homes where they're meeting once uh, every two weeks or once a week um, in a leader's home. And leaders are investing in them outside of just a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. Um, because that's incredibly important. And then just expanding the use of our student space. Like I said, um, I want that space to be more for just meeting on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. I want to see it open um, for student tutoring, that leaders can come by and help students for a couple hours uh, do their homework, and they can hang out, and we can watch movies, and we can invest in this community. 
not say, hey, we're gonna come here and in order for you to step foot in here, you gotta come to our service, but just come here so we can love on you, invest in you, um, and help you with things that you need help with in just your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also wanna do, start doing like after parties, um, after uh, football games and after basketball games to have students around the community come and just hang out, spend time together and build a relationship with each other. Um, another aspect I want to talk about is our new young adults that we've kind of been doing. We've, uh, we've had young adults we've uh, called Paradox, but as we expand um, into small groups throughout the church, um, we're expanding that name. We're eventually going to launch into all of our small groups. They're going to be Paradox Men's, Paradox Women's, Paradox Single Moms, um, etc. But I want to focus on specifically um, our young adults, which uh, really our mission statement has been to build community, pursue relationships with each other, um, and to continue to grow together and walk in the seasons of life um, that you're in together. Um, some of the wins is we've launched a new Paradox college group. So Paradox um, college students with a new college leader named Mike, and uh, we're meeting at Northwestern's campus with various students from Bethel, Northwestern, North Central, and just continuing to see growth and expansion um, in that has been a big win. We've also just newly launched our Paradox Young Marrieds, um, which met for the first time. We had over a dozen families. Um, we're offering childcare, stuff like that is brand new. It's not something we've had in a while, um, but that's a big win that we wanna celebrate there. And then just can seeing um, growth in the Paradox Career Groups, um, which is the, the group outside of after graduating college, just can seeing growth and invitation um, going out into the community and people that you're doing life with. And then just vision for that is continued growth and expansion in all those groups, continued invitation of peers, people that maybe haven't stepped foot in a church in a long time, but are willing to come in and, and, and hang out together and eat food together um, and live life together because of your relationship with them and just continuing to step out uh, and have invitation and growth in those areas. And then um, as these continue to expand and grow, it's, we're able to take this model um, where we're meeting together in the kind of these similar life uh, uh, groups and that expands throughout the church for every generation um, that we're able to, to meet cross, cross generationally um, together and it continues to expand. Um, so I'm just so thankful for the areas of growth that we've seen already and continuing and I hope that you'll um, pray with me for growth in the areas um, that I have vision for and the young adults um, and, the, and the youth ministry. And uh, thank you guys um, for everything that you've done, for everything that you're continuing to do. And uh, thank you guys. So Pastor Naomi's coming next, and just for the sake of time, because she's going to have so many wins, please hold your applause till the end. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> Sorry, I've been running around a little bit, uh, just doing kids downstairs. We have a great group, uh, so many fun things going on. I'm actually getting dunked right after this, because um, we met our BGMC goal, so I was getting that set up. But... Um, so just to briefly talk about our vision, Summit Kids, we operate under the mission and vision of Summit Church. And so just like Summit's church is that everyone would become disciples of God, fully known, full of hope, actively loving one another and living a spirit-filled life. That is the mission of Summit Kids as well, that every child would become a disciple, that they would be fully known, that they would actively love one another and live a spirit-filled life. That is our goal. That is our mission. Um, and so kind of with that, like, what does that look like? We want kids to belong. We want kids to love coming to church. We want every single kid to know that we know their name. We know their story. I always encourage our leaders to get to know names, but more than just knowing names, like, learn stories, right? And so when kids belong, that gives them an opportunity to believe, believe that Jesus loves them, believe that God has great plans for their life. Um, and when they believe, they can start truly becoming disciples of God. So that's kind of a little bit of what Summit Kids does. And I'm just going to go quickly through some of our wins. You're doing we have, great. You're doing great. We have, um, this, is, this is a huge win for us, but we currently have 47 team members serving in some wow. capacity in Summit wow. Kids. 47. That's like, that's amazing. amazing. Um, Ten of those are youth students. So shout out to the youth students for serving in Summit Kids. Yeah. And nine of those people are brand new just starting this fall. So Praise God that the Lord is bringing more people. Praise God that we get to be a part of a church that fights for the next generation. So thank you for serving. And if you're interested in serving, we would love to have you. 
Um, Additionally, we are currently ministering to 59 kids. We have 59 kids actively in our kids' ministry. That means they've come more than twice in the last three months. So that is a big number of kids, 59 kids um, from birth to fifth grade. We had nine kids graduate this year into youth group, which is awesome. So our youth ministry is growing there. Um, We brought 12 kids to camp this year, kids' camp. Um, Five of those kids we were able to provide scholarship, partial scholarships for, which is awesome. So thank you for your generosity. We also brought 10 kids to the Kids XP, which was fully funded by you guys as well. So that was free for any kid who wanted to go. I hope this year, so that's an event we do in February. Um, It's a one-day event, and so I'm hoping this year to double that number. So be praying with me for that. Um, For BGMC this year, your kids raised $581.64 year to date. Um, So that is amazing. That is why I'm getting dunked after this. They're going to dump this ice cold water on me and it's going to be a blast. But that is, (laughs) yeah, in my my outfit here, but it's okay. Um, But all that to say, um, we've had several, we've had kids water baptized this year. Several kids have said yes to Jesus for the first time. But more importantly, we have the opportunity to help kids grow every day. My goal for every kid that comes to church is that they would take one step closer to Jesus, whatever that looks like for them. And that's your challenge today too. I, I hope and pray that today you would take one step closer to Jesus, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and so lastly, just going over some opportunities in kids ministry coming up um, that I would love for you all just to partner with me in prayer and maybe even consider helping yourself. Um, but first... Um, kind of just like what I said, I would just just pray with me for the kids that kids would hear the voice of God. I think when you hear the voice of God in your life, it changes everything. And when you hear that voice, you'll never walk away. And so pray with me that kids would hear the voice of God, right? We're actually learning about that today. Um, and then we have an opportunity uh, that we're praying into and just really believing that God is opening up the door for. And that's to start picking up some neighborhood kids to come to church. Um, but with that, we need some drivers and we need some chaperones who are saying like, yes, I want to help kids get here. Kids who don't have any access to get here come from single family homes, families that come from homes that don't really go to church. And so, but they want to get here. They, um, are hungry for more of God. And so we just said, yes, if there are kids who want to come to church, we will figure out a way to pick them up and get them here. Um, so it's a short eight minute drive. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. Um, but we want to get more people, more kids here to church. Um, And then we have a lot of reno projects going on, so I'm not going to spend much time on that, but just like Isaac said, we're renoing our upstairs space. We also want to finish updating our kids' space downstairs with new flooring and new lighting, and so just be praying with that, that that would all come together. And yeah, also, I'm, so I'm over Summit Kids, but I've been getting to partner with Team Sunday and some of their things, and we just have a lot of awesome teams at this church. And so if you are not serving, I just want to challenge you to get plugged in. It might not be in kids. You might be looking at me being like, I will never step foot in a nursery. That's okay. We have other areas you can serve in. We need greeters. We need people to help with our social media. We need people to help make coffee. So if you're interested in serving, please get involved because we need you. Um, Pastor Eric talks about how we might not, we might not be us without you. Is that the saying? You, you nailed it. We might not be us without you, but we do, we do need you. So please get involved. And guys, God is doing something incredible at Summit. I was just telling Isaac, I'm like, I feel like the puzzle pieces are coming together. And it's nothing, it's nothing you can force. It's nothing you can jam. The Holy Spirit is aligning some stuff. And so I just feel so blessed to be a part of this community, be a part of the things that God is doing beyond us, the things that are bigger than us. And so, yeah, thanks for being awesome, guys. That is my update. (laughs) Thank you. A lot going on. There's a lot of things that we will fail at, but we will not fail as a church in serving our kids. Uh, That is just, that is the last line of defense. We'll not fail with students. We're not going to fail with kids. Hey, uh, give it up for Pastor Brandon as he comes. Pastor Brandon is our operations pastor. He's amazing. He's got his update. Thank you, Pastor Brandon. Yes, uh, so Pastor Brandon, operations pastor. I know Isaac said he was feeling long-winded. I thought that was a joke. He actually was really long-winded. Um, I'm not going to be that long. Uh, a lot of what I do here at the church is a lot of the behind-the-scenes side of things. So uh, if you fill out a Connect card, 
I'm the person that's putting that into our database. I'm the one sending out our newsletters. Uh, any type of updates that are going out, they come through me. Uh, so if you have an issue with those, come help me out. Uh, I'm more than, more than happy to have some help in that. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's the operation side of things. As Pastor Isaac and Pastor Naomi have mentioned, there is a lot going on with our building. Uh, a lot of updates, a lot of renovations. Uh, some, of the, some of the renovations updates that I oversaw this past year, uh, we got some new HVAC units on our roof. So hopefully that will help keep us warm this quickly coming winter season. Um, we had some hail damage that uh, sort of destroyed our other ones as well as the roofs on our houses. So we got all of those renovated, uh, completely replaced uh, for very cheap considering what a, what a brand new building HVAC system costs. Uh, so that's good. Um, one thing that I'm excited about that uh, we actually just started to implement and it's gonna be launching at the beginning of this next year uh, is we are changing over our church financial and church uh, database system. We've been using about three different systems that has been getting really expensive. Uh, so we've been doing, I've been doing some research and we are gonna be launching a new system called Aplos where they're gonna be uh, helping us oversee our finances and all of our church, uh, all of our church database. So that's super exciting. It's gonna save us about $5,000 over the course of the year. Uh, so keep, keep an eye out for information as that comes because we're gonna be having to change. So uh, all of the ways that we give with our online giving, that's gonna get changed a little bit. You'll still be able to give online. There's just gonna be a different website to do that. Um, as far as other things that I oversee, I oversee the tech and production team. Yeah, uh, we're, we're the ones that are responsible for how the stage looks, how the room sounds. Um, I've been super happy that we have been continuing to grow that team. Uh, I know we've got at least three new members over the course of this past year, um, and everybody's doing super great. I'm super proud of that team. Uh, we do have room for more people. Uh, we need people to help run the cameras, help run our lights. So if you are tech-minded or just even tech-interested, please come talk to me. I would love to get you connected into that team. Amen. Pastor Katie. Thanks, Pastor Brandon. I'm ready to give it up for Pastor Katie as she comes to share a little bit about worship arts. Good morning. Well, I'll keep it short and sweet as well. But yeah, I'm over the um, worship team. And this last year has been such an awesome year. We've added so many awesome new players. I, there was a, a moment, um, I don't exactly remember, I think it was in March, where I all of my drummers were gone. And we just prayed, and God has just blessed us with some awesome new um, drummers and players, and we've been adding so many great um, new vocalists to the team. But I think the thing with worship arts um, that I feel kind of like I want to protect it's so easy, um, especially in worship ministry, to try to be like compare yourself to whatever. There's so many awesome worship bands, but just really protecting the heart of worship that we want to not come and do a glitzy performance for you but we truly believe that on a Sunday morning there is power in worship when we sing together um, and we I just want pure I, pure worship um, when we come into this place it doesn't have to be anything fancy we would just want to honor God and I am just so thankful for um, people that have been coming alongside with hearts that truly want to worship God and honor that. Um, so that being said, um, we just have a lot of dreams that we would love to do in the worship arts program. And as I'm moving closer in proximity, I'm excited to kind of implement some of those. But if you are interested in being involved in some area of worship, um, whether we've talked about having a choir before or a youth band, there's so many awesome opportunities and there's a place for you um, to get involved. So please come and find me. Uh, we would love to bring you into our team. We would love to just see how God moves things forward. So with that, thank you so much. Amen. Thanks, Kitty. As, uh, as the board uh, just kind of makes their way here, all, all the board members that are here, I just want to allow you as a church just to hear a little bit about 
their burden uh, before I read a letter and, and then just a couple questions and dismiss you uh, into a quick break before our business meeting together or if you're going to go um, out to eat as a family or whatever you're going to do. Um, but I just wanted you to hear from the elders and, uh, and the board of this church just to hear a little bit about their burden for uh, Summit. And they're free to share uh, on what whatever God has just led them in. And they've got a specific order. I can't remember that order, but Dale, I think, is first. And let's give it up for Dale because uh, he's amazing and he's probably got a poem. You go, Dale. You can stand right there, brother. Thanks, man. Hi, my name is Dale. And uh, I've been attending this church for 36 years. And... Oh, is that better? All right. I've been attending for 36 years, and that's half my life. I did the math. Um, Jared and I have been serving longest on the board four years now, um, and uh, as the members here at Summit. I'm the board secretary. I am uh, the missions contact person. I'm responsible for making profiles for all the missions, missionaries we support and are considered for support. That's a wonderful uh, job they gave me, and I really appreciate it because I, I get to uh, talk to several missionaries uh, in the course of months and times, and it's really a blessing for me. Um, I've been involved with several ministries here at Summit as a group leader, teacher, uh, and on the, te on the tech team. Uh, as, and I've been at Teen Challenge, uh, Union Gospel Mission, and, of course, the Gideons International. Uh, where I am currently the treasury secretary, um, secretary treasurer. I stay involved uh, with every part that I play. Uh, I grow spiritually. I've been used to help others to grow as well. I'm grateful to God that he's still equipping me to help grow his kingdom here as I'm involved through the ministries of the Summit Baptist Church. Uh, my name is Jared. Uh, I've been going to Summit for about six years. Um, I'm, I'm the treasurer on the board, too, just so you know, so I'm kind of oversee some of the financial things. Um, one of my biggest things that I'm passionate about and that my heart is for is something that Eric um, put as one of the missions of Summit for, or what we want to tell somebody who might be looking at Summit, and one of them is to be known. One is be known, find hope, and love your city is what we want to uh, welcome people into. So being known is the thing that I am most um, passionate about and concerned about because I think church should be a family and you should desire to be here and want to be here. And to, But to have that, you need to be known. You need to have a group and you need to have friends. You need to have a family. And so I'm very um, passionate about getting people into smaller groups. Um, and we've, we've started some of those groups and we have a lot of plans for groups for all Everybody in the church, I would love to have a smaller group of people that they meet with regularly. Um, because we have a, a young adults group that we started seven or eight years ago or six years ago. And we, we are like a family now. And we hang out and we love each other. And we, um, we serve together a lot. And we just, we know each other. And I want everybody to have that in this church. So that's something I'm really invested in, hoping to um, see more things growing in that. And we're working on that. So I'm excited for that. So thank you. Hello, my name is Mike Carroll, and as you don't know us, my wife Joan and I have been here for, well, I don't know, around three years, I guess, and uh, we've seen a lot of changes, ups and downs, besides that, but however, Joan and I have been interested in the, uh, what's called the classics of ministry, I don't know about that, but well, well, we'll we'll go with that. But anyway, it, it kind of harkens back to uh, what Pastor Power said when he showed up here several weeks ago. He really had set up a a group of classics, uh, maybe seniors, seniors over sixty. And uh, pardon me, pardon me. Classic in the classic definition means the best example of something. That is my definition of classics. Okay, thank you, Sandra. 
you've got it defined now. That, that's good. But anyway, so where was I? Oh, Pastor, Pastor Howard and Myrna had set up a good, good uh, group and ministry and had some outreach and some things that were going good. But, uh, you know, they've been gone a while and it's kind of lapsed, so. Anyway, so, but but the one thing I wanted to stress is that, you know, it's not just, we have a certain amount of experience and wisdom and hopefully here's some bridge to share that, but just encourage people to tap into that group and, and be a member if you'd like, we have no accept anyone in these classes from anyone. If they want to identify, there's a couple people that are, there's some people that are dragging their feet. Uh, they don't want to admit that maybe they fall into that classification. But I haven't, uh, one person I was thinking about particularly, but I don't see him here today. But anyway, so you can use us as a resource. Whatever you like, and you have some wisdom, and you have some insights into things, and uh, use us as a choose to do that if you like. And anyway, all right, that's enough of me. Thank you. Mike is definitely a classic. A great example of what we should all aspire to be. Um, so back in December 2nd, 2020, um, we were encouraged if we'd been at Summit a while to have some kind of a, I don't know, we were going to do commercials. So I wrote down my commercial, but I never did it. So here's my commercial. This is a list of names. Carol Vetter, Barb Tollefson, Mark, uh, Chuck and Myrna Skaggs, the Nystroms, um, the Tedeschi's, the Stones, Colleen Zeiser, Sue Maxim. This is a list of people. Now, this location does have significance in the kingdom. I know that. But place is only a location, and it's only valid because of the people that come here. So that list of people are the people that invested in me with their time, and they made Summit a safe place. And they let me lean on them when I needed to. And they corrected me when I needed correction. They prayed for me. They prayed with me. They laid hands on me. What I learned back then and continued to learn up until now is the kingdom life is not a solo life. You can't fly the kingdom life solo. It's a community. So when we follow Jesus in the context of others, that's where we really grow. So we need this kind of community. I need this kind of community. I need these kinds of people in my life forever. Until Jesus takes me home or he comes and gets me, I need people like this in my life still. And I want to be this kind of person in somebody else's life. That's the kind of person I want to be. So... I want Summit to be light in a dark place. I want it to be a place where people will see the light and find true life in Jesus here, amongst us, with us. I want this place to be a hospital where people will, will find life in Jesus and then emotional and, and um, mental and spiritual healing will take place and even physical healing will take place in this place amongst these people, amongst us. Um, true followers of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, walking in light and taking light and life to every corner of the city because I don't go where you go, you don't go where I go, you don't have the same friends I have, but we need to bring light and life wherever we go. That's our job. And so um, I want all of that from our children and our youth. 
I want all of, I want the Holy Spirit to start here with our children and our youth, with us. I want the fire to start here. I want it to burn out of these doors all throughout this community, all throughout this city. Every place we go, we're bringing the fire of the Holy Spirit and the light and life of Jesus with us. That's what I think we should be and how I think it should go, and I think it's happening. Hi, everyone. Uh, Joshua Heideman on the board as well. Um, something that I'm passionate about and think about a lot, and it's probably similar to Jared. We both went to the same university and involved in the same, like, vibrant high-alpha program where I learned the value of um, small groups, relationships with people, like digging in deep, getting to know people. Um, I think I grew up a lot with two, just highlighting two quick things is truth and people in my mind. So I grew up with a lot of truth, but I was kind of arrogant and a little self-righteous about it and um, cynical and all kinds of other things and was just really challenged in college by a lot of things. Um, and a lot of just good people around me saying like, these people seem to know Jesus in a different way than I do. Um, and, and that was through that small group experience, just being around people and being challenged by people and, and having that example. And I, and I want that here at Summit as well. Uh, Jesus had his 12, Jesus had his three. I think none of us are called to be Jesus, but we're called to be like him and to follow him and to make disciples. And that's something I'm passionate about seeing here at Summit for all ages. We've had a vibrant um, career young adults group for years now, as Jared talked about. And a lot of those people have become uh, dear friends to me. Uh, and uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. And I, and I want that for everyone else here in this church through every age group, every category. Everyone has something to offer. Everyone knows people that I will never know. Um, and, and we can draw close to people. We can see what their challenges are. We can see what their giftings are, and we can encourage them in that. Um, we can be encouraged by those other people. We can take that truth and uh, apply that directly to our lives and the lives of people around us rather than just throwing things out there for people to grab hold of, we can actually meet with people one-on-one -on -one in small groups and actually apply that truth directly to where it's needed. Um, whether that be just the loving, truthful, encouraging words that someone needs to hear, maybe something hard and challenging, maybe something that we just haven't thought of before to challenge our own preconceived notions. And like, I just want us all to be like Jesus, and I think small groups are a great opportunity for that. So if you're in college, if you're in... Uh, if you're 20s, 30s, young adult, if you're young married, if you're anywhere else in this church, uh, we want there to be a group for you, and, and, and uh, like that's what I'm praying for for this church as well, that, that we just uh, see that grow. So, Hi, everybody. I'm Andy Hillstead. Uh, I've been here uh, coming for about seven years uh, with my wife, Lisa. Uh, also plays bass up here, in my opinion, the best-looking bassist, but feel free to disagree. Uh, we're, we're not quite classics yet, but I, I trust we'll get there. Uh, I am a general contractor by trade. I work with uh, contracting in, in the construction. Uh, so the part of the vision that says creating a space uh, is kind of my role. Uh, you could argue that you don't need uh, a nice building. You can meet anywhere you want to, but it sure is nice to have one. Uh, if, and I think there's a, a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. I think we've all seen examples of both the right and the wrong. Uh, I hope to be uh, leading in the right direction, uh, and if there's anyone out there interested in general uh, construction, mechanical stuff, uh, framing, plumbing, anything, anything you're interested in, uh, there's plenty of work to do around here. I'm sure you've seen it, uh, but I'm here to do it uh, with Pastor Eric, with Brandon, uh, and with anyone else who's interested. I'm also on the board, and I had a quick, quick question. Who gave us some words to do? Is that what we're doing right now? Okay. <laughs> okay, so he gave us a few words, so I just kind of wrote down some notes. Um, so my passion for Summit, um, that the people of Team Summit would walk in their healing, whether it's physical please do what you can to receive your healing. If you need help, get the help, okay? Um, burden. My burden is um, that nothing comes without a cost. 
so as we grow, as we really start spreading the kingdom, there's going to be a cost. And each one of us needs to be ready. Okay? My vision for Summit, not that Summit grows, but that the kingdom of heaven is expanded. Okay? Because when you leave here, even if people come and visit and they're touched and they go out and the kingdom of heaven is expanded even further. Okay? And I think my hope for Summit is that Summit's voice super loud, okay, and like I say, there's going to be cost to it. Thanks, Ford. I uh, am going to close just simply by um, delaying what I wanted to talk about uh, till next week, but I did want to give you just a little bit um, of a highlight that I thought was just maybe building a little tension, like the end of a Netflix episode, you kind of get the teaser for next week. This is a history of Summit Church that a lady named Ruby had written, and I was reading through this, and there's a couple items in here that just caught my attention, and one of them was just simply that in December 7th at 1941, they were singing at the Ramsey Nursing Home. And while they were singing, uh, members of our church uh, heard that Pearl Harbor was bombed. And immediately the group stopped singing and, and went to prayer. That's in the history of the place that you're sitting. There's a, a number of different items in here. Um, Neighborhood boys didn't care for the meetings of the church, so they threw overripe cantaloupes through the windows, and Ruby was a re recipient of one of those which soiled her white pantsuit. That's in the history <laughs> as well. I mean, there's all kinds of things in here um, that I want to read to you, and then I want to actually just give you a challenge, but we will save that for next week because it will definitely apply as we look at sewing. but can I just just give you a quick little piece of, um, of the like glimpse of what God's doing, and we'll talk more about that as we go to our business meeting, but there's, there's a lot of amazing things happening, happening here. And uh, if you can get your Bible out real quick, I want you just to, to just focus on this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I'll give you time to turn there, and then we'll close, and we'll start our annual business meeting at 12, 15. We'll just delay that 15 minutes. Just meet back in here. Please go to the lobby, sign in, come back. Please stay uh, for that. We'll get started right away at, at 12, 15. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. You ready? Did I say that wrong? You are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. When we're talking about these things, I want you to know that you, you play a part in the body of Christ. God, we just thank you for what you're doing here at Summit. We thank you for all of the things that you're asking us to be faithful in and competent in so fruit can come. We just ask that your hand would be upon um, next week as we journey to your word, through your word, I ask, Lord, in the next couple minutes as we move into just talking through some of the financials of this church that we would just ha have a sense that your provision is, is there, guiding this vision, this glimpse of what we see in this beautiful place that you've entrusted us to be together as a family called Summit Church. It's not a building, it's us. And you're the head of it. In Jesus' name, amen. To help you apply the truth found in scripture, we always like to ask three questions. What did you learn about God? What did you learn about yourself? How are you going to apply what the Holy Spirit is speaking through scripture to your life? We hope that helps bring clarity for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people of Summit Church. Join us in person sometime as we gather as a church on Summit Avenue, or join us here at our podcast again or virtually at our online encounter each week. 
Before you go though, Pastor Eric is going to give you a special invitation and share just part of his heart for you, the culture, and a little bit about the people of Summit Church. Hi, Pastor Eric Samuel Tim here. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Let me first say, our city of St. Paul is absolutely amazing. I encourage you to explore all the history it has to offer. And you need to know this, Summit Church has been a part of that history along with so many amazing churches. Speaking specifically about the people of Summit, well, we've been gathering here since about 1932. And my hope that this would not just be a rich history, but it would be our forward legacy. History is a thing of the past, but legacy makes way for the future. So where are we going? That's a good question. Our vision is simple, to see all people of St. Paul and beyond living as disciples of Christ, people full of hope, fully known, and actively loving one another, living a spirit-led life. Our mission is also simple, to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity where you can have a life-changing experience with God. Journey within the diversity to do these three things, become disciples of Jesus, to deliver hope, and to champion this city. That is where we are going. That is what we're doing. So where are you going? Maybe that's a good question for you. What are your next steps? I would encourage you to join one of our monthly expeditions. The expedition is a simple experience where you can find out more about who you are in Christ, who Summit Church is, what are we doing around here, and how you can play a part. It's less than a two-hour commitment for your whole month. We also feed you some amazing food and even provide childcare. So the question is, where will we go? Maybe we're on a journey following Jesus together. And I got a hunch, we just might not be us without you. We'll see you at the summit where we prepare for life in the valley.